and love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Today's guest author is Dr. Willard Harley. He wrote the book, Love Busters. Dr. Harley says how spouses relate to each other has a tremendous bearing on the success and failure of a marriage. This new edition expands on six love busters. They include selfish demands, disrespectful judgments, angry outbursts, dishonesty, annoying habits, and thoughtless behavior. Sandy talks with Dr. Harley today about his latest edition of Love Busters, Protect Your Marriage by Replacing Love-Busting Patterns with Love-Building Habits. Dr. Harley's website is www.marriagebuilders.com. Hello, Dr. Harley. Hi, Sandy. It's so nice to be speaking with you again. Yeah. I think it was um, about two years ago or longer when we first started the show, two or three years ago. You did? Okay. Yeah, when we first talked about your he wins, she wins, you know, marital love negotiation. So it's so wonderful Mm -hmm. to talk to you again. Good talking to you, too. Thank you. We're going to talk about your book, Love Busters, and Mm-hmm. You've recently revised and updated it, and yeah, it's maybe... about the fifth, the fifth revision, actually. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's one of those classics that I believe yes. everyone should have on their shelf if mm-hmm. they want a happy marriage. And right. Um, right, they know where to look if they have any problems. And um, could you tell us why you wrote the book in the first place? Well, I wrote the book back in 1992 um, as a compliment to my book, His Needs, Her Needs, which has, uh, was the first book I wrote on marriage and is still the most popular of the 21 books I've written. I think 5 million copies are now sold, and it's in 22 languages. Uh-huh. So it's a very good book. It's still doing very, very well. And this is the... His Needs, Her Needs is about how to build romantic love in your marriage and how to create what I call massive love bank deposits and breach the romantic love threshold. That's the nomenclature I use. And then in, but then I needed to talk about negatives. And people don't like to talk about negatives. They only want to talk about positives. So the negative book, Love Busters, is how you destroy romantic love. How, after you've had it, it it, it, it it disappears. And there are six different ways in which people in marriage typically destroy the love that they first had when they married. And I want people to be able to understand how incredibly common it is and how so common that after two or three years, most marriages don't have romantic love anymore. They've already ruined their love for each other. So I want to caution the people to recognize that 
although you thought it was really easy to create romantic love, it's also really easy to destroy it. And um, and so you have to be aware of the fact that not only do you need to meet each other's emotional needs, but you need to pay a whole lot of attention to what you do to hurt each other. Right. And what can really prevent us from not continuing with that deep in love feeling that we have when and that romance um, when we're at the first level of love, so to speak? Well, the basic idea is that when we're in love, generally we think it happened mysteriously or miraculously. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of, I'm a born-again believer, and I, I, so is my wife, Joyce. And uh, when we were in love with each other, um, uh, we thought that it, this was God's message to us uh, to get married because uh, God God made us fall in love with each other. And um, I'm now aware of the fact that everybody, just about everybody on earth falls in love with somebody at one point or another, and it doesn't necessarily indicate God's will. So you can be in love with somebody that isn't in God's will and just as easily as you can be in love with somebody that is God's will. So um, I began to recognize the fact that People didn't understand how they fell in love, but they also don't understand how they fall out of love by ruining their relationship with what I call love busters. Right. And what are some of the, you talk about six primary or major love busters. Yeah, I'd I'd say, yeah, all, everything a couple, anything you do to hurt your spouse is covered in one of the six love busters. So basically, it covers the waterfront. In other words, there's nothing he could ever complain about that wouldn't be in one of these categories. Right. So oh. this three of the categories have to do with trying to get your way in a relationship. I call it demands, disrespect, and anger. It's, it's, it's your effort to control your spouse to get what you want. It's a selfish approach to, to, to problem-solving. But it's so common that just about everybody's done it all. I would say everybody. Everybody has done, everybody's made demands, everybody's been disrespectful, everybody's been angry. But what, what I'm pointing out is that by doing that, you're, you're, you're wrecking your relationship. And, and you have to understand that. Right, yeah. Yeah. Let's and talk then, about the first one, the selfish demands. Okay. Um, you talk about some nice ways of overcoming that also. I remember my daughter, Cassandra, saying, Mom, when you ask me to do something for you, would you please say first, uh, Cassandra, do you mind doing me a favor? And then ask what you want. And it seemed to work better. It works. Yes. It works. Yeah. What it what it expresses is thoughtfulness. Yes. It's a it's a thoughtful way to try to get what you need from somebody that you care about. That you that that you're 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 thinking about them. 
in your request. You're asking them, how do you feel about helping me with this? Yeah, that's what you say. Ask them, how do you feel about helping me? Right. Yeah. Or how do you feel about this? Asking them how they feel. Or today I noticed with my husband, I said, I don't mean to bother you because he was doing something. Oh, please excuse me for bothering you. But could I just for a moment ask for help with this? So in other words, you want just coming out with a wild, cold demand. Yeah. That and there are so many, so many couples, and you've come across this a lot in your own ministry, yes. that, that, that just can't stop making demands. They just right. tell the other guy what they, they think they're the sergeant and the other guy's the private. Right, and, right. and it just, it, it, and my point is that even if you get your way, you're going to lose love love units. Your 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 spouse is not going to like you as much. Right. And over time, you can lose all the passion that you once had, just because you're using this tactic right. to try to get what you want. That that doesn't work very well, number one, and number two, it wrecks your relationship. Right, and so the whole concept is to put in more deposits, love deposits, than withdrawals. That's right, and and ideally you don't want to make any withdrawals. You you want to try to avoid withdrawals at all costs, and, and, and deposits... Deposits aren't necessarily easy. The couples we get and the couples that you get often hate each other. I mean, we we get them at a point where they're simply not just not in love. Right. It's it's that they got into a point now where they hate each other. Right. And the the question is, uh, where do you start? And what we suggest is that you start by, by plugging the hole. You know, stop hurting each other. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense to you and me. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to help these people. Uh, see, and as a Christian, you, you look at this and you say, and we're dealing mostly with Christians. Yes. Okay? So here is what God has told us to do. I mean, we are to be patient and kind. Yes. Uh, we are to not get angry. We are to not be selfish. We are to... To, to, to treat the other person the way we would want to be treated ourselves. Yes. This is what God wants us to do. And with the Christian couple that goes to church every Sunday and, and, and is even on the board of the church and giving giving uh, their, their tithe and all, they're, they're hurting each other. And the question is, how, how can you get them to stop doing something that is so clearly in God's will? And so, you know, basically we're saying, first of all, you're, you're not getting, we, we, we approach it from a selfish perspective. You're not getting what you need. If you want to get what you need, stop doing it this way because it's not going to sure. work. Exactly. Number two is you do not want your spouse to hate you. <laughs> right. It is not in your best interest to be hated by your spouse. That is correct. <laughs> So you basically have to stop making demands. You just stop doing it. Say, would you please, how would you feel about helping me with this? And then that's a request. And then if the person says, you know, I really don't feel like helping you with that, then you say, "Uh, what what conditions do you think you'd be willing to help me? Now, for the average husband and wife, that just sounds so contrived, you know, so unreal. But like you said with your child, if you try it, you'll see you get somewhere. Yes. 
you know. It really So that, that's, that's selfish demand. Right. We recommend thoughtful requests. Thoughtful requests, right, in a gentle, tender way. Yes. And um, now disrespectful judgments, um, especially, that is the, I think, that's with the a second man. Phase. Yeah, that, yeah, because that's they a, need respect. Yeah, that's basically what people try to do when, they don't, when selfish demands don't work. Right. Uh, the, guy get, the guy's sitting there on the couch watching TV while his wife is doing the dishes. So she comes in and turns off the TV and says, you, you just bring yourself to the kitchen and you help me. Either you take care of the kids or you help me with the dishes. And instead of doing that, he just sits there. He doesn't go, he didn't go anywhere. He, just, he go, moves over, turns the TV back on again. Yeah, it's almost like and at that rebellion. point, she says, you are such a lazy oaf. You have, have no, you take no responsibility for anything. You're depending on me for everything. And so she uses so she uses disrespect to try to get him to help her with the dishes. And all I'm saying is that that doesn't work either. He still sits there. You know, he's not getting up. Uh, all he's doing is getting mad at her for being disrespectful and turning off the TV. See, so the the idea basically, if you if you think disrespectful thoughts, do not say them. And a lot of people will tell me that uh, that I can't help it. I, I have to tell him that he's a lazy old. <laughs> oh know? yeah, right. And I say, well, if you do, you're you're going to lose whatever it is you wanted in marriage. Yeah. And she says, well, I've already lost it. At least I think he has it coming. And I say, you're you're hurting the very person that God told you to care for. You're hurting. The, Jesus says, if you do this, this, the least of these, my brethren, you do it unto me. Well, your husband, your spouse is, is certainly one of those people. When, when you're doing something for your spouse and making your spouse happy, you're doing it unto the Lord. You're, you're doing it for Christ. And Jesus would recognize that in, 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 in the judgment. He looks at you and says, you know, when you took really good care of your husband... I was the one that felt cared for by you. So that's that's basically my argument: is that you wouldn't be disrespectful to God. Don't be disrespectful to your husband, right? And or your wife, right? And of course, you're talking about both, but to the husband also, uh, we have learned that respect to a husband is almost like the air he breathes, like love is to the woman, the air she breathes. So it's like doubly worse, I think. Um, I don't know. See, for some women, I would argue that they want respect as much as their husband does, if not more. Um, oh. I know that for myself, personally, uh, my wife would not have to respect me in order for me to love her. I am not affected that much by disrespect. Oh. Uh, my wife is highly affected by disrespect. Oh. Hugely affected by disrespect. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and so to some extent, if I, if I hadn't learned about all of this while I was doing research, uh, on, on how to make marriages great, um, I could have accepted disrespect because it doesn't bother me that much. But it's still You're really a wrong. Man, I think. It's really wrong for most people. Yes. And, right. and, and I think that if you say something that's judgmental toward your spouse, 
you will be withdrawing love units from from your spouse's love bank. Oh yeah. In my case, you wouldn't you wouldn't withdraw that many, but it still wouldn't be a good idea because I don't respond well to disrespect. On the other hand, if it, I could still be in love with a woman that disrespects me. Yeah. But very few people can. Jeez. <laughs> so I would say, you know, you got to pay attention to this this love buster. Do not be disrespectful right. in any way, shape, or form. And and again, you go back to First Corinthians thirteen. Be patient and kind. Yes. Patience, patience is huge in marriage. Oh yeah. And patience means means you're not disrespectful. Right. Now, angry outbursts is another one of the six major love busters. And when I got finished reading that chapter, I thought to myself, I have never in all the books I have read heard this subject covered better. And by the end of the chapter, you finally confessed that you actually went through some of these things on a personal level, and I thought, yes. no wonder, it is yeah. excellent. It's something I've been through, just like you and your husband have been yeah. through divorce yeah. and recovery. Yeah. See, I mean, well, that was it puts you in a wonderful position to help other people because yes. you can truly empathize to what it is they're going through. With me, and I've done a whole lot of work in anger management, I work with people that are coming out of prison, I've helped them get jobs, I've helped them get married, um, partly because I know that a terrible, violent temper can be completely overcome. Uh, let me tell you something, I never lose my temper. Um, the last time I lost my temper was before I got married. And I knew that if I was going to marry Joyce, I had to overcome this problem because I was I would fight with everybody in sight. And when I was in school, I was in one fight after another. And it was when I lost my temper with my car. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I started beating it. With, transmission. I started beating it with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> that I realized that when you're when you've lost your temper, you're insane. That is. You're right. insane. And 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 if you don't get that under control, you're going to hurt your spouse terribly. Because you and talk is, about it being so unpredictable, that insanity, that's what was said so well, that it's yeah. really insane and it's unpredictable. Yeah, so so my argument is you can't even get, get angry. See, no. I take it really one step further. I say... You know, I cannot allow myself to get over the line, so I can't even allow myself to get near the line. Right. And so if somebody cuts in front of me in traffic, what I do is I go into an automatic. I, I relax. I pray. I, I try to recognize that this isn't the end of the world. I don't have to seek retribution. I don't have to hurt this guy. And I back off. Right. And I let him go ahead with his life. And you talked about the fact that uh, one of those ways which you just mentioned, which is to train yourself in a habit of relaxation when the angry outburst is about to happen, that it actually affects the circuitry and neurons in the brain and changes those pathways, which... Yeah. Um, 
eventually yeah. makes it easier and easier. It gets easier, and, it, and I got to tell you, for me, it's effortless right now. Yeah. You know, I can be confronted with a guy. Can a guy can come up with me and spit in my face? This is one of the things that I trained uh, ex-convicts uh, how to do: is for somebody to be very disrespectful enough to spit in your face. Can you not be angry? See, I mean that—that's yes. the ultimate for, for ex-convicts. That's the—that's the ultimate test. Uh, some form of disrespect that a person would show. And you don't get angry with them when they do that. And to me, that takes a tremendous amount of training. But what you're oh. training is the neural pathways in your brain. Yes. And sooner or later, you don't even feel like getting angry. Yeah, that was just fascinating to learn that. Um, now, independent behavior you talk about. And I think it's so interesting that you mentioned someone who had written an article and he talked about the different stages of marriage, like first it's romance, then it's disillusionment, then it's the struggle. Yeah, right. Yep. They say in the first four years, it's like, who's going to be boss? But then it's he talks about the awakening and the long-term uh, marriage. Yeah, the, the ultimate marital love. And you don't, <laughs> yes. right, really believe, because he advised right. that at that point um, you have to become kind of independent and yeah. you don't believe well, that. Separate I vacations. Believe you. Yeah. yeah. I even counseled a, a couple where they had written a book on how great marriage was living in two separate houses. Yeah. So they, they basically had independent lifestyle and yet they reported in their book how wonderful their marriage was. Well, the reason they were saying, the reason they were counseled by me is because it wasn't all that wonderful. And they didn't want to live that way anymore. And, and, and the ultimate goal of the marriage counseling was for them to live in the same house together, which we achieved. We got that. So by the time I was done with them, they were living in the same house and they were enjoying each other's company and they had a great marriage. But here they've written a book on how wonderful it was to be independent. And you believe in interdependence, which I And it wasn't is. it wasn't wonderful. Right. See, I mean that's the point. It wasn't wonderful. And it was it was a fabrication, it was a lie. And and I think that when somebody tells me that marital relationships begin with romance and then they go to conflict and then they go to disillusionment and then they go to to enlightenment, the enlightenment for this author, which was in 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 um, Reader's Digest, was that the enlightenment is that men and women just don't belong together. Right. That's what he was. That's what he was actually trying to say. Right. And I, you know, and I thought to myself when I when I was reading this, you know, I thought, huh, Joyce and I have been married fifty four years, and we've been in love with each other for fifty four years. Now, I was in love with Joyce long before that, actually, when we were dating. Uh, she came to love me later than, than, than when we were dating. I was in love with her six years before we were dating. She was in love with me two years before we were married. <laughs> but the basic idea, we've been in love with each other consistently from that point on. We've never been through the disillusionment stage. We've never been through the conflict stage. We've never needed an enlightenment stage. Because our romantic relationship has never ended. Now, if you can understand that that's possible in marriage, 
and believe that it's possible. And if if you've lost your love for each other, it can be restored. You yes. see, then you, you 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 then independent behavior makes no sense whatsoever. Right. And and to be independent in marriage to me is a very lonely business. It, it's not very fulfilling. Um, and and I'll be honest with you, it's it's I would say one of a woman's greatest grievances against men. Uh huh. That their their husband. I wrote an article for New Man Magazine years ago. That's in my article section uh, in Marriage Builders. Uh, why women leave men. Uh huh. And and in that article, I talk about how his independent behavior is like a house where the roles that he plays represent rooms where the doors are locked. Right. And she, and she can't get in. And he won't let her become a part of his life. And women generally will tell me that the worst part of my marriage is that the two of us have never become partners. We've never really joined together. The two of us have not become one. And there's no way I can get in. I want to become a part of him. I want him to be jo to join me. I want us to be able to pray together. I want us to be able to to think together. I want us to be able to jo have joy together. And he won't do it. He's off here someplace. And that's the that's the independent behavior. That's the love buster that that I talk about in that book. Right. And it's something that has to end if you want to have a great marriage. Right, especially because a woman wants uh, the emotional oneness with her husband. Exactly. And she doesn't yep. have that emotional close together. That's exactly it's right. It's difficult to have any other kind of intimacy. Exactly. And, right. Yep. So another one of the one, uh, love busters you talked about was annoying habits. Yeah, that's a tough one to bring up because as soon as a couple starts enumerating their annoying habits, they begin to wonder if they're even compatible. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that I will point out is that most men don't consider their wife's annoying habits to be all that annoying. And I know of many, many couples that are in love, including Joyce and me, where Joyce, if, I, if asked to list my annoying habits, she would have a long list. And if I were to list her annoying habits, there would be nothing on the list at all. But we're still in love with each other. Uh -huh. Now, the question is, should I even bring up the subject? Because actually annoying habits do withdraw love units, but to some extent, a couple in love can have a few annoying habits. But my argument has always been, if you care about the other guy, why not tackle some of these? Right. You say get rid of the easiest ones first. Right. And yeah. then tackle the three most difficult. Yeah. And then the three next difficult. Yep. Right? Keep, keep working on three at a time. Yeah. And, and you'll never get through the list, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> At least men will not. I, I think, like I say, most men do not find women annoying um, when they're in love, I should say. Oh, right. Uh, women, women in love find men annoying, find their husbands annoying. So uh, the basic idea is that just if you want to stop making love bank withdrawals, take those annoying habits seriously. 
<laughs> Definitely. What are some of you talk about six um, strategies for marital conflict resolution? Could you talk to us about some of them? Yeah, and 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 most of them are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> now, as a Christian, oh, right. like sacrifice. I mean, right? Yeah. As a Christian, sacrifice is the toughest strategy that I have to talk about because I don't think it's right in marriage. You know, and we as Christians believe in sacrifice. Christ died for our sins. That's right. He is our redeemer. His his example, we are being told in scripture to sacrifice for each other. Right. Why is it a bad idea in marriage? And my argument is that because we are one, because we're one, it doesn't make any sense for either of us to sacrifice because any sacrifice causes us to lose. The, the, one, the oneness of us, of it, loses every time in a sacrifice. And, and, and I don't want Joyce to sacrifice for me because I don't want her to lose. Right. And she doesn't want me to sacrifice for her because she doesn't want me to lose. That's right. And so this is why even though we, we're Christians and we believe that God wants to sacrifice for others, which we, Joyce and I both do, we do sacrifice for others. We don't sacrifice for each other. And we don't do it because to for one of us to lose something means we're both losing something. And it's a tough argument to make. It's a tough argument, yeah. but I am thoroughly convinced that you can do better. You can do better in marriage yeah. than sacrifice. If you come to a um, enthusiastic, uh, that's what you're looking for. Policy, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what you're looking for. That win-win, the enthusiastic joint yeah. agreement. I'm going to have to leave you on that, Doctor. And um, we're out of we're time. Gonna, we're out of time. But um, <laughs> at the beginning of the interview, we're going to tell everybody where to get your book and your resources. So I'm just going to now say goodbye and God bless for now. And thank you for Love Busters. Well, nice talking okay. to you too. As always. Yep. Bye now. Bye. God bless.